Today on Locked On Red Wings, we go over Steve Eiserman's comments in the pre-draft media availability, as well as just give you an overall preview and our thoughts on the 2022 NHL Draft. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio, while Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News, as well as the host of Locked On Tigers, who did finally complete that sweep. I I think I just oracled it, really. It's all that really happened. I oracled it. They beat the uh, crap out of the Cleveland Guardians, too. They really did. They really did. It was... um... Yeah, I, I cannot wait to lose by six runs for the next three games to make up for it. It's going to be awesome. Well, we're not allowed to have anything nice, but welcome How back. How do you feel to uh, to say your new job title for the first time on air, by the way? I honestly, I had forgotten to like, until the moment came, I was like, oh yeah, I got to say a new job title. I was like, don't mess this up. Like I usually mess up cold opens, which I also didn't. did not mess up this time. No, this was all. This is still. We are currently still on the first take of the show as of right now. As of as of right now, anything changed? But the people. So how'd that feel? How'd that feel coming out? How that? How the new job title feel? It felt good. It felt powerful. Yeah, damn right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We are both finally back home. Uh, You after two weeks in a battle with COVID, and me after just a few days. But we're back home in the comfort of our own homes, and that's redundant. But anyways, we're gonna be at the draft. (laughs) today by the time you're listening to this uh at lca so if you want to come up and say hi i'll probably be wearing that more at cider jersey right in the back i'll be wearing there. a giovanni right smith one king Bel- king right believe there that. believe that um but yeah today we're gonna go over we've been playing a little bit of catch up <laughs> it feels like the last few days we recorded an episode on thursday for friday and then lalooned lalooned got hired and we had to immediately re-record and then we recorded an episode for to yesterday and then Iserman spoke. And so now we're talking about what Iserman said today. So here we are. Iserman had pre-draft eligibility with the media and Steve Iserman did what Steve Iserman does best. And by that, I mean, he said absolutely freaking nothing. And to be honest, in terms of like ability to talk about the things he said, yeah, kind of, he kind of screws us, but I kind of love that about him. The way he's just so candid with the fact that he's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. It's like, I, I kind of dig it. He went uh, like a, he was upfront and honest about the fact that he was not about to tell you anything, but yeah. he like went out of his way to be as dramatic about the fact <laughs> that he wasn't going to tell you anything as possible. And it was honestly beautiful. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that I remember one of the quotes was like, I'm trying to answer that. I'm trying my best to answer that without actually answering that. And another time he was like, well, if I answer that, I'll be answering that. So I'm not going to answer that. It's just like, (laughs) Steve, give us something, man. Give us something. What are you doing? But this is just how he is. And I, I, I honestly respect the hell out of it, because like you said, it's candid. It's not. There's there's something different about the way he goes about it, where some 
we always talk about the non-answers in sports and how sometimes yeah. we'll give you like those textbook repeated rehearsed answers so you never know anything and it's just like boring sound bites eiserman doesn't even do that he's just like yeah i'm not gonna tell you that it's a great question but if i told you right. that, i'd be answering it so I'm not he gonna... literally said that too he was yeah. like he was like that's a phenomenal question and i won't be answering it <laughs> <laughs> it's like i just love it so much because he's just like I'm not going to play the game with you. Like, I'm not going right. to play that stupid give you because he's done it as a professional hockey player. He's yeah, oh, that yeah. Media circus. I'm going to give you this quote that will tell you nothing. And it just sounds like the same thing. Every other player says he's just like, I'm not in a position where I want to tell you that because then I'd be leaking my information and my choices. I mean, he did say a few things, just nothing really again of merit. I mean, people asked about the ability of moving up or down in the draft. And of course, mm -hmm. Steve Eiserman said, obviously we look at moving up both ways or moving both ways in the draft. You always take those phone calls, but he says, you don't really take those calls. In fact, I have the actual quote here. There's been times when, when we've looked at a move, whether it be up or back and simply couldn't find anybody that wanted to do it. Those are really decisions that I found come up on the draft floor, or you touch base with some teams that are near you in the order before the draft to get a feel if you have any interest one way or the other. So for the most part, it seems like while maybe they kick the tires, the situations in which teams move up and move down in drafts don't really happen until you're on the war room floor. This past few years have been giant zoom calls, but mm. this year again, it's going to be on the war room floor, which I think is going to add an extra element of chaos. And I think this season in particular, this draft in particular, you're going to see a lot, a lot of uh, interesting picks just because the chaos of being on the draft room floor is going to see a lot of wacky trades take place where teams maybe aren't thinking as clearly as they used to, not saying necessarily the Red Wings, but some people thrive in that kind of environment. And some people like Eisman admittedly is like, I kind of liked it better when it was a Zoom call because you have time to think and you're with your scouts and you're not constantly just in a flurry. Correct. Yeah. And I, I think I love like the, the floor. Like I, I love watching the floor entertainment you know I mean? value wise is way better. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's awesome. There's nothing like it. Uh, like the, the floor on draft day in any sport is just so electric. Um, so it'll be, it'll be cool to finally see that again. Cause it's been a while. Right. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I understand it from Steve's perspective. I mean, I, I would, I would probably feel the same way if I was a general manager, but um from a from our standpoint electric factory to have the to have that back and in, in full capacity and everything um i am interested to see what he, what our front office and what steve look like out there you know with everything and then and, and how not how they handle because they'll handle it fine just like they do everything but how uh how I don't know, just like how they look out there during during the draft, because it's the first time we've seen it in a while. I'd be really interested to see how in depth Lalone gets in the process, and obviously he's the head coach, not the general manager. And it's going to be the general manager's call in the end with him and his scouts. But I'll be curious to hear if after the fact, if Lalone had given any input into the picks that were taken, considering he's only been the head coach for what a week at that point, Thursday to yeah. Thursday, I think it was. So he'd Correct. be a head coach for literally a week and see if he had any input on players that maybe his scouts in Tampa were looking at. Again, I don't think it, he would have much of an impact, but I'd be very interested to see. Also, Scotty, got to also mention that the uh, regular season schedule got announced today or 
Thursday by the no Wednesday by the time you guys are listening. Wait, no, got announced Wednesday for wow. Thursday. Sorry, guys, it's late, go. guys. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> but the Red Wings home opener takes place on October 14th, and they face the Montreal Canadiens at home. Probably one of the worst teams in the NHL, but also a team that smacked you around a good bunch this past season. Mm-hmm. You could not beat the Montreal Canadiens. How do you feel about Montreal at home to start the season? Uh, I feel like fine. About <laughs> like, I understand like, the, you know, we had, a, we had a hard time beating them or whatever, but uh, hard time last year or not. That's still a not very good team. And like, I'll, I'll take a, a poor roster to start off the season. Um, it will be interesting, you know, with Montreal having being at the top of this draft, I, I think that'll make it a little bit, I don't know, a little bit fun on opening night. Well, for our purposes, the West Coast road trip trip takes place in November, November 12th through the 17th. The 12th, they play the Kings. The 15th, they play Anaheim. And the 17th, they play San Jose. I was low-key hoping those would be weekend games just for the sake of, like, my sleep schedule. But, alas, only one of them is. And then um, after the home opener, they play the next day in New Jersey, which remember how much we hated the back-to-back games and how much we said that that's ridiculous? Yeah. They start the season with a back-to-back, but not as bad as nice. Arizona. Arizona plays something like a six-game road trip to start the season, followed by, I think, a 13-game road trip. That's like 24 of their first 25 games is on the road to start the season because they're still renovating uh, Temp Arena. Not Temp Arena. That's the new arena that's going to be built. But the uh, college arena that they're going to be playing at, that's rough. Extremely rough. Yeah. it's. I mean, that whole situation is a... Uh... Yeah, well, rough, <laughs> rough to say the least. Um, and then they finish out the season at on the road at Amley Arena in Tampa Bay, which will be interesting because you know your head coach was the assistant coach there. So to end the season, we're going to be interesting to see where the Red Wings are at facing his former team. Yes, which is awesome. What, you know, if we're in a hunt, I guess maybe that. You know, maybe like a little bit easier team there in that situation, but don't expect it to be a hunt, though. No, I. Hey, <laughs> uh, that's not what I was trying to say. I'm. I'm not trying to give people the wrong if, idea if, there. But if, however slim, they were in a hunt, it'd be very interesting. Yeah. Just like coconut brownie chunk. Wow. Puff. That's, that's a pro. That's a pro. That's right a there. pro right there. For the people who invented healthy and tasty, comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built are the flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallowy covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are only here for a limited time. Go to Pilt.com. Make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing. The best part about Built Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good for you. They're the perfect treat, perfect when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack, they are an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built. 
com. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're going to switch, swift, switch gears here. Swift. 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 We're going to switch gears here and talk about the draft as that is tonight by the time you're listening to this. Uh, 8 p.m. Draft party at LCA. So I guess the first question here, Scotty, in regards to the draft is, and Steve Eisman, people kind of asked, will Steve Eisman move the pick? Do you think that Steve Eisman is going to move the eighth overall pick in this 2022 NHL draft? No. I do not. Neither do I, but for argument's sake, why? (laughs) Uh, I don't think that the... Okay, so when when you look at at moving up in a draft, right, um, from where it stands right now and how we expect it to go, which is always somewhat of a dangerous game, but I think most people are pretty confident in the top three in this draft and, and the order in which those top three are going to be taken. And so in order to crack a top three, that is, uh, say, somewhat cemented, you're going to have to give up a lot because those picks are universally known and, and uh, acknowledged as the the three best players in the draft so the the price for moving to eight to even three is going to be pretty substantial uh so i don't think that's happening and then when you look at four through seven uh this draft is viewed at as at as such a kind of just toss up crapshoot yeah crapshoot <laughs> a, a lot in uh in, in what can happen anywhere from like four through 12 is, is like just a lot of toss ups and a lot of people just throwing uh, darts at a board and, and, and hoping, you know, something hits the center. So like, it's, it's, I, I don't see moving up whatsoever. Uh, and uh, I think the only way we do see a move up is if there is one person that they have circled on their board, that is not one of those solidified top three people. And that person falls to like six and they don't expect him to. That is like the only way I could see like a mid, you know, like really quickly we trade up, you know, like two spots and 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 get it to solidify our guy. But I, I think trading back is, is, is more likely. And I also don't think trading back is really that likely either. So that tells you where I think that, you know, I think we're picking at eight. Is basically what I'm trying to say. I think the Red Wings' best value is staying at eight as well. Um, but yeah. for the argument's sake, you said argument for moving up. I I think that it's personally more likely they move down than move up. Again, I think they're staying pat. But if there was a situation they were going to move, it would more likely be down because the price for moving up is going to cost too much in a team that doesn't have enough pieces to begin with. But as you said. After like five, I would argue five. I think one through five is pretty set. Maybe not the order, but I think it's going to pretty much going to be Cooley, Wright, 
Slavkovsky, Nemec, and Juracek going in that top five there, just True. based on you know the player best player available. I think slash the top teammates. three is like you know the order two, and then four and five. Although that's starting to get a little shaky. More people are coming out that saying Canadians are eyeing uh, Slavkovsky. Yeah, which is would be a crazy just like turn right of before event. the draft turn. I mean, this is you know writes a guy that for. The better part of 15 months, we've been told, is going to be a 1-1 pick. So that yeah, would be now a huge... All of a it could just be smoke, though. Could. It could Always all just could. be smoke. Um, but my my point being back to the, the talk at hand regarding moving back, I think it's more likely they move back than move up just solely because the talent level past five, like you said, is very much like not hit, hit or miss, but we've had several scouts come on and say, you don't really know enough about these players yeah. because we have entire teams that have lost their draft year or draft minus one year. So we have less and less information than we ever have had on these prospects. And there's the possibility that you get somebody just as good at 14 that you could have gotten at eight. And if right. you trade back from eight to 14, if there's a team that is, they want a guy at eight and they don't think he's going to be there, you could get, you know, a, their 15th, maybe a first round next year or a later first round if they have a sec, uh, one or maybe an early second, depending on who you trade with. But you could get their first round pick back and maybe something else along the way that's going to be highly valuable, maybe a pro- good prospect in their system. I think moving back would be good because especially if you look at our purposes. I mean, we'll talk about it here probably about the third segment based on the time we're at. If you and I are so dead set on swinging for the fences with Brad Lambert as we did in the Lockdown Sports Mock Draft that uh, the Twitter put out. You probably are can get Brad Lambert later in the draft. Now, there's an argument to be made that you could have gotten probably more cider later in the draft. Maybe, maybe, because now there's talks that more cider wasn't going to be there, which is why Steve Eisman drafted him where he did. But my point remains: there's a strong possibility that if we're dead set on Brad Lambert, if we were Steve Eisman, it would make sense to maybe draft slide back to. 13th or 14th if the team you're trying to trade with is willing to move up because the guy you want is going to be available and that talent level is just it's so hit or miss so I think that there is a legitimate argument to move back but anytime you move back because you think the guy you want as is the best player available on your board is going to be there you're taking a risk that by moving back he won't be there and at the same time if this is a guy you view as being the best player on the board, you just take him at eight. Yeah. And that's what Iserman did with Moritz Sider. A lot of people, a lot of professional scouts had Moritz Sider taken in the middle of the first round, but he was the number one guy left on his draft board. And so he took Moritz Sider at sixth overall. Just do it again. Take whoever is the best pick in your eyes at eighth overall, whether it be Matthew Savoy, Frank Nazar, uh, Joaquin Kamel, uh, Minchukov, whatever you think it's going to be, just take him at eight because you don't know. And Steve Osman said this in the press conference. You don't know what other people's draft boards are going to look like. So you don't know if the guy you want that you, that scouts are saying could go at 15, but is number one on your board. You don't know if another team has him on number one on their board as well and could go beforehand if you slide back. So right. while I think that there is an argument to be made about sliding back rather than sliding forward. I think in the end, Scotty, what you said at the beginning, you don't move at all. You stay at eight and you take the guy that is best available on your draft board. Absolutely. 
thought, I thought we were adding into an ad. So oh, we, I no, we, are. we absolutely are. I just was like trying to think of a smooth transition. So this is going to serve as our transition. Transition. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of make and model, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from your chain uh, store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website to you today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts you will ever need. rockauto.com. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are just doing a little bit of a draft preview. That's tonight, which is exciting. Red Wings had the eighth overall pick. We and He and I just explained why we think the Red Wings are going to stick at eight and not you know, do anything ballsy, like move down in the draft uh, from eighth overall. I think the next question here, Scotty, regarding is what position do you think they're going to end up drafting? Or let me rephrase that. Do you think they're going to take best player available or do you think they're going to draft based on positional need? I think they go best player available. And I, and I think the, I think that you always do that. I don't think that too many people, like people love to do the, the positional thing. I think, well, it's interesting because really, really, really in any sport, man, like basketball is the only one where I'm like, maybe sometimes they go positional. But like even then, I, I like most people just like if there's someone that you clearly think is the best player on the board, like why would you not take them? So I think that that, uh, you know, might be like a cherry on top situation. where like, oh, we you know, this person is a center and like that, you know, that that or or defense or really a lot of people. And that's the other reason why. It's tough to go specific position because this team still has a ton of holes at a ton of different positions. So, like, it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to prioritize a center over a defenseman because we have a huge lack of center depth in the organization. Well, you have a huge lack of of (laughs) defensemen at at the NHL level as well. So, like, it's it's I, I think you just have to go best player available with a team that's in its current state like the Detroit Red Wings are. Yeah, I mean. Again, it's another situation where I asked you a question where we both kind of knew the answer to begin with. Um, yeah. Still a question worth a- asking at this juncture. You and I, we've had, again, we've had multiple guests on, Scouch, Ferrari, uh, Sam McGilligan. We've had Prashant Iyer and Max Boltman on. And I think we've all asked them to some varying degree whether or not the Red Wings will draft based on position or best player available because you and I both recognize that Center depth is where the Red Wings really struggle the most in their farm yes. system. So I think in a perfect world, the best player available would be a center at this uh, point or juncture, or at least a winger. But what it comes down to is you draft the player that is going to have the best impact in the league for years to come in your books. So if you pass on Quinn Hughes, for instance, to draft Philip Zadina, 
I mean, you thought Philip Zadina was going to be the highest impact because he slipped and he slipped the sixth. Well, it turns out Quinn Hughes is having a higher impact. So, I mean, it does backfire sometimes taking play because you never know how it's going to tur- turn out, but you draft based on who's going to have, and that's what, it, when they say best player available, it's who's going to have the biggest impact because you could draft the center and he could be a good middle six center for you at eighth overall, i.e. Michael Rasmussen when you drafted him ninth overall. People were scratching their heads when Ken Holland drafted Michael Rasmussen at ninth overall because Ken Holland drafted based off need and position rather than based on best player available. Rasmussen, he's turned into a quality bottom six, peak middle six center, probably bottom six though. But you don't draft that guy at nine, especially with the players that were left on the board. You draft based on impact. And if Juracek or Nemich are available at eight for whatever reason, if they slide, even though you're flush with defensive prospects, like obviously you have Morris Sider, you have Simon Edmondson on the way, William Wallander just won the U-20 player in the, of the year in the SHL. You have other defensemen, defensive prospects as well, like McIsaac. You have all those guys. But if Simon Nemich is there, or David Yurichek is there, you take them because they're the best player available and they'll probably have a higher impact, at least a higher floor at the NHL level than, say, Brad Lambert, who you and I are both madly in love with at this point because of how much praise he's gotten. But you take the guy you think is going to have the easiest path to the NHL and the highest floor and the biggest impact. And if, if a defenseman's there, you take him. If a winger's there, you take them. If you think that winger is going to have a higher impact, you take them. You're seeing that real time in the draft lottery or all these mock drafts now where people are having Yurash Slavkowski go over Shane Wright. Slavkowski is a left winger, but he's supposed to score a lot of goals. And Shane Wright, like you said, the better part of the last 15 months is supposed to go number one. But now all of a sudden people are thinking Slavkowski is going to have a higher impact. And so he's projected to go number one, which leads me to the next question, Scotty. Who do you think is going to go number one? Uh, um, I mean, I, it's, you're not going to catch me flipping off a right a day before. Like that's like, it, it might happen. And if it does, you know, like kudos, they, they, they punked the whole world like that. That's a, that's a heck of a prank. Um, but I, Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna be the one to to lead the charge on on uh, anyone but right going one. I'll take the dissenting opinion. I think that Bob McKenzie. I know he said that you know you ask another five scouts, you could flip back the other way. But since Bob McKenzie's poll come out or final mock draft has come out, we've seen more and more smoke I'll, I'll say smoke because we don't know for sure if it's true but more and more people saying that it's going to be your Slavkovsky going number one overall to the Montreal Canadiens so I will say that last minute you're off Slavkowski is gonna take number one overall in fact it's just it's so tough to say because Shane Wright has been the guy for so long and then like and I'm looking at McKean's hockey's uh mock draft that came out five hours ago and they have Shane Wright going number one overall still, not shaken by all this smoke. But there's got to be where, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. Sometimes. Sometimes there's just a heck of a lot of smoke, brother. Sometimes. Um, sometimes you just leave the pizza in the oven for too long. Yeah. 
Sometimes you just leave leave that pizza in the oven for too long, man. <laughs> that wasn't an analogy. That's just a real thing that's happened to me in the past. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think everyone's been there. Yeah. Uh, final question. Dream scenario for the Detroit Red Wings. Eighth overall. Who do you want them to take? I mean, like dream scenario. Um I guess my dream scenario is that Steve Eiserman also thinks that Brad Lambert is one of the best players in the draft. He trades back, gets great value to wherever he trades back to, gets more assets for the future, still gets Lambert afterwards, says we would have taken Lambert if we had the like fifth overall pick and he was always the guy and we traded back and got even more assets for the guy we wanted anyway. That's my like wildest fantasy, but I will gladly take, well, there's a lot of people I will gladly take, but in that is my, that is my, my, my perfect ideal world, I guess. My ideal world would just be, this is going to, I don't want to sound like a cop out, but honestly, I just want the best player available for the Red Wings to be a center because their center depth sure. in, at, at the developmental level is pretty shallow of anyone that looks like they could be a bona fide top six center. Um, I, it could be Matthew Savoy, it could be Marco Casper, it could be Cutter Gauthier, it could be Brad Lambert. I mean, we, we took Brad Lambert because we've heard so many people praise his upside and that he was just underutilized in the Finnish league, in the Liga. But it, my dream scenario is they just take a center. That sounds like a cop-out, but it could just be any one of these guys who could be a center, a legitimate center at the next level. It could be Connor Geeky. It could be Frank Nazar. I just want a center. That's all I really want. And again, you take best player available. So for whatever reason, they decide they take Pavel Minchukov. If that was what Stevie said, Stevie has earned my trust at this point because he's hit on all three of his first draft picks yeah. the last three years. He hit on Cider, and people said that was a reach. He hit on Raymond. That wasn't a reach, but you look at the players that were taken ahead of him, and Raymond's competing at the highest level with those guys, if not outperforming them. And then you look at Simon Edmondson, who was a rookie of the year finals in the SHL and took had a phenomenal D-plus one year. Whatever Stevie takes, I'm going to have full trust in, but my dream scenario is just take a center. Whoever it is, I don't Fair care. Enough. Just take a center. Fair enough. Um, any final things we got to get to that, that kind of pertinent draft-wise? I don't think so. Go to the draft party. Go to the draft party. Have some fun. Have a beer. Or only if you're if, of age. If you're 21. If you're 21. Uh, thanks yeah. for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Lockdown NHL. Lockdown experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Lockdown NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Any final thoughts, Scotty? We ball. There it is. We ball. Be back tomorrow with a, uh, well, I guess, draft reaction to see who the Red Wings draft. draft. That'll be That'll a fun be episode. It. So stay tuned for that. Same time, same place to your team every day, every day.